0: Log Talk Radio. All right. We're going to say greetings to everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Brother Hawk Bolden, and as usual, we're so grateful to the Lord to come before you and share with you uh, what the Lord has laid on my heart to share. Amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles, let's go to the 22nd chapter of the book of Matthew. We're going to talk about something just real briefly. Uh, the 22nd chapter of the book of Matthew. Again, we're so grateful to the Lord to uh, be able to share with you those things that um, God has to say to you, you see, that he has to say to you. And so my friends, is that you will, um, that you will um give take heed to what he says because and and take it personal like he actually is talking to you because he really is. Alright, so the twenty second chapter of the book of Matthew we're gonna start reading at verse thirty four. Says but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? So here's his is lawyer. In other words, one who was an expert in the law. Now, this was not necessarily a law lawyer like what we think, you know, as far as, uh, you know, somebody that defends someone else in court or somebody that prosecutes somebody else. Somebody that knows the law of the land per se. So a lawyer in this day, for the, for the most part, in this instant, was somebody that was an expert in the law of Moses. And that was that's the kind of lawyer this was, was. The the type that describes the Jewish law, of course now, because back then, uh, the, their law was God's law. You know, the things that have been set forth in in the Mosaic law and things like that, and of course we know that there were instances where they had added a few things that God did not tell them to obey. You know, they basically, in effect, made the traditions of men more important than the commandments of God according to Jesus Christ. And so this lawyer, they thought, you know, with the Pharisees, we're going to trip them up because they had been so, just like it is today, there had been so much that had been added in the things uh, of God that it was hard for people to tell the difference. Between what God commanded versus what what was the tradition of man, and of course that's the way it is today, where you have so much added in there, you know, uh, the, the traditions of the people that it makes the commandments of God of no not effect. Uh, now, just to give you an example. I remember uh, when I was working at a TV station in Tulsa, uh, this this lady. I was getting married and she asked me if I would do the wedding. I said, no, I said, I don't necessarily do weddings. I said, now I had made this one uh, person a promise that if she ever, re- if she ever got married, I would do her wedding. And so I had to stick with, uh. and, but, you know, and I, but I told this other individual who came to me and asked me, because they, they knew I was a minister. I said, no, I'm not, the Lord didn't call me to do that. And she said, what? I said, do you see any preachers in the Bible doing weddings? She said, well, they don't preachers are supposed to do it. I said, no, the Bible doesn't say anything about preachers doing weddings. I said, if I ever do them, it's as a dignitary of the state. In other words, somebody who the state recognizes as someone that's honorable enough to, to join two parties together. Most of the time, I guess, ministers are looked at by the state as being something like a notary public, you know, in that capacity where, you're honorable enough to to have somebody help somebody in being in a binding contract as a witness and you know and also one ones of that officiated but it has nothing to do with being a minister of the Lord. A minister is preach the gospel. And so she was just blown away by that, you know. And uh you know just like there, there are people who join church because they want their body to pass through the church when they die. They want to have a funeral in the church. And so there are some people who actually join the church and that's part of the reason why they join it. So that when they die, their body, they think that it's proper, I guess, or they think the proper thing is to have that funeral in the church in some kind of way. They'll be okay as long as they're having that funeral in the church. And of course, that's another thing as God commands. If we dedicated an edifice to him, uh, we are not to pass dead bodies through that. That's that's holy and unto the Lord, you know. And uh, and so people are surprised when you tell them that preachers, the Bible didn't call us to preach funerals either. You know, there was no such thing in the Bible as, quote, unquote, preaching a funeral, you see. Now, no, no, no. What preacher do you see in the Bible doing that? We see the Lord talking about John the Baptist around the time of his death, but we don't see him going to the funeral, and we don't see him going to the well, they buried him. His, John the Baptist's own disciples came and took his body and buried him. You see that? And so we it's things like that that sometimes people get caught up in that they have no idea. You know, you know look in the Bible and see where it is. You see that? Where is it at in the Bible? The preachers burying people or preachers preaching over dead bodies. That's not, you know, and now, to me, that's what funeral homes are for. You see, we don't dispense on passing through the church. Not saying that the Lord don't allow give us time to lament and to to mourn for our loved ones who have passed away. Not saying that he has a problem with people getting up and speaking and talking about different things. But, you know, we have to be careful with those things that that we don't get outside of the will of God and that we don't accept the, the traditions of men. Now, there's not necessarily anything wrong with the traditions of men as long as they don't go against the commandments of God, mm-hmm. bringing dead bodies to the church that goes directly against the commandment of God. You see that mm-hmm. directly against that. And so here this lawyer, he was an expert of the law according to the Jewish custom and not necessarily after the kingdom of God's custom. Does that make any sense? After the commandments of God. And so he knew the law, but according to as he has been taught. And that's the thing about it. That's why we encourage people to have a, a relationship with God, because when you have one, you'll be able to weed out what's of the Lord and what's not. You see that? You'll be able to weed that out and and not to be afraid to stand up for what's right, even in the face of people doing it and accepting it as just the Lord. You see that? I've had people get offended because I don't go to funerals. You see that? Uh, I, I don't attend. The only funeral uh, I attended was my stepfather's, and that was because the Lord told me to go there and say something. You see that, and the Lord had told me that He was sending me somewhere to to speak, even before my stepfather passed away. And so I, 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 I and He had told me to pack my bags. And so I packed my bags and was ready to go. My wife could tell you I packed my bags and was ready to go before I ever got the call that my stepfather passed away. You see that, but I, just going to funerals and things like that is—you just have to know it, you know. Um, People get offended because I'm not running to everybody's on that and pass away. You see that? Now, me personally, now, this is just me. Not uh, As far as the, the natural side, uh, me personally, I prefer to remember what the person was like and what they looked like and the time that I spent with them uh, while they were alive. I don't want to go look at anybody stressed out anywhere. You see that? And I think what happens when people do that is they make that grieving process even harder than what it needs to be. You see that make it even harder than what it needs to be. And so, you know, that's, it's just one of those things, you see, but our traditions, our customs, they get in the way of what the Lord wanted to do. You think about it, John the Baptist, not only was he Jesus Christ's forerunner, but he was also, they were also blood cousins. They were kin to one another. They were cousins. The Lord didn't go this way The The man that the, the Lord had, um uh, called a man to come preach, and the man had asked the Lord, Lord, allow me to go bury my father. And the Lord said, uh, let the dead bury their dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. You see, so there, you would think that the Lord was just hard, but you see, to me, now, <laughs> to me, it's more important for me to preach to the living than for me to to, to speak words over a, a dead person as that. Because once they're gone, they're gone. Unless the Lord help them and raise them up. They're gone. You see that? Now, I feel like all of those words, a lot of the words that we're speaking, that should be spoken to that person when they're alive. You see that? Now, see, so that's what we get messed up to as well. And so we have to be careful that we don't allow ourselves uh, to to tradition because in the traditions of men that goes against the commandments of God because we just get all all messed up, you see that. And I don't bend and and and, and for anybody. I don't care who it is. If, if the Lord, the Lord has to show me something, you see that. Not that I'm too proud, but I'm telling you, I, I feel like God's word is here for a reason. And when we get outside of it, that's where we get ourselves in trouble, you see. And so, verse thirty-five. We're at the twenty-second chapter of the book of Matthew. Verse 35 says, Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, And saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? You see that? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love thy Lord, the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. So I think that's, that's very interesting how the Lord worded that there. He said, To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That's, to me, three areas there. You see that? He listed three areas there. And I think that that's very interesting that he did that. You see that? He not just loving with your heart, but loving with your soul and with your mind. You see that? So you think about it. think about it like this. When it comes to the mind. Uh, let's, well, let's start at the beginning, at the heart. He says, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. You know what that means? The heart has to do with actual love and, and being attached. For instance, somebody who is married, uh, they may start off well, and, and you could tell that that person's heart belongs to you if you're married to them. But you know as time goes on, uh, if that person isn't saved, or maybe they've fallen into sin, or whatever, and maybe they have attached themselves somewhere else, that person that is experiencing that infidelity, they can tell when something's not right because they can tell when the that person's heart is not all in it. In other words, they're not all in it because the heart is attached to something else. And so the Lord is saying, "Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart." meaning you don't have room to go get attacked to anybody else because God, of course, he's all known to begin with. But think about it. If we as limited beings in our knowledge can tell when we're being cheated on or when there's infidelity because God has not given any of us the ability to love more than one person at a time in that matter as far as being in love, you know, as far as a marriage or something like that is concerned. And so it's automatic that when you... When there's infidelity, it's automatic. When there's infidelity, that you attach. If you if you are attached to one person, but you have two people that you're dealing with, somebody's going to suffer. You can't. It's not impossible to um, divide your heart between two individuals. Just, and the Lord said that it, it, it's not possible. To, you you can't love two masters. You see that you're going to love one and hate the other. So notice what He said. Love one and hate the other. You're not going to serve too much. You're going to love one or hate the other. And if you notice, a lot of times when infidelity goes on, if you've ever been cheated on, that person's attitude towards you changes because they look at you as the fifth wheel. They, you're the one that's holding me up from what I really want to be in. You said that even though you're married and things like that, and that's why it will be with God if we're not couple. You see that? We'll be that same way with God. We, we start off in love with God, and then we continue in life, and before you know it, if we're not careful, we, we stream off into other things, and our heart goes towards other things, and then we start treating God like the stepchild. You you the at it that won't let me have fun. And so from there, what we do, we go church shopping. We, in other words, we want to find a church that's going to tell us what we want to hear, and and let us know it's okay to go to those worldly concerts, God. You know, God, God wants you to have balance, which is a, another word as far as I'm concerned, for a sinful life. You see that? And so <laughs> that's the way it is. And so he says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Your soul has to do with your your will. Your soul has to do with your will. Your will. You see that? Now, our soul is what makes us different from everybody else. Now, if God hadn't given us a soul, we'd all be exactly alike. We'd all have the exact same personality. But our soul is what makes us individuals. It's that part of us that makes me different from you and you different from me. You're able to tell not just by my facial features who I am or by my voice who I am, but my personality and, and, you know, the way I do things. And so the Lord is saying, don't just love me with all your heart, but love me with all your soul. In other words, submit your will. So going back to the cheating issue, you know, somebody can be mad and they can be cheating on their spouse. They can go out and their heart can belong to the person who they're cheating with, but they can still come home and be with their spouse. And so their heart is over on whatever street. But their soul is at home. In other words, their will is, I'm at home. I'm at home every night. What are you complaining about? I'm calling you every day. What are you complaining about? You see that? So your heart and your soul can be in two different places. Your heart over there with the person you're really in love with, but your soul over here wishing that it was over there where your heart was. And so a husband or a wife that's cheating, they can still do things that husband and wife do. I can put gas in the car. I'll pay the bills. I'll do that. But yet if, if your heart's not involved in it, it doesn't matter. And so the Lord is saying, love me with all your soul. In other words, even if your heart belongs to me, it's possible for your soul not to belong to me. In other words, you can serve me grudgingly. You can serve me and you can do things i caused you to do because you know what the penalty is if you don't. But if you don't love me with your soul, you see that, it's because your will hasn't completely lined up with my will. You see that? And that's what the Lord is saying there. So the last part says, and with all thy mind. You love God with all your mind. Now, going back to the infidelity, I had a brother some few years ago approach me about this and say, you know, basically asking me, it is wrong for a man to look at a woman and, and to, to think of a certain way about her, you know. And uh, I said, yeah, it's wrong. He, and he couldn't understand why. I said, well, because anybody that you're not married to, they don't belong to you. And you quote the Bible says, when well, you, you look at a woman to lust after her, in your heart, you you committed adultery already. And he, and he said, well, what about all these women? You know, they're going to the store, going to Walmart. Half dressed and all of that. I said, "Well, you need to pray for them." And he said, "Well, so what? So I just stop going in? No lust is in your heart. You see, you can see that and not let your mind wander off. You see, you can see all of that, and your mind ain't wandering. You feel sorry for women that feel like they have to, you know, dress a certain way and show this and that, but you don't have your mind. Don't have to go there." That, that's, now, that's where the devil wants your mind to go. That's why he's using them as faith. But your mind don't have to go there. And so the Lord tells us to love him with all of his mind, with all of our minds, with every part of our being. In other words, our heart, soul, and mind. So what does that mean? That's the different things that's going to pull you away from God. Your heart can belong to God. Your soul can belong to God. But your mind can still wander off in these different areas that that goes against God's will. Now, we're not talking about something that's evil in and of itself. So let me explain what I'm talking about. The Lord has blessed you with a job, and you know without a shadow of a doubt that God has blessed you with that job. And you have even testified, God, I know it's you. You're the one that opened the door for me to have this job. But if you're not careful, you'll start working there, and you'll get to thinking, you know what, this mess is harder than I thought. I don't have to, I feel like I don't have to deal with this. And so then your mind starts wandering off, well, you know, sister so-and-so called me and brother so-and-so called me and said that this place here is hiring. Maybe I should go over there. Now, this is after you've already stood up and testified about how the Lord has blessed you with a particular job. So what's happening is your mind is wandering away from the will of God, and that's you not loving God with all of your mind something as simple as that. Because if that's there, if your mind can wander to other places that you know goes against the will of God ultimately, it'll you know, as far as even a job is concerned, your you'll mind will wander in other places for more serious matters as well, which, of course, that's a serious matter when you think about it. You see, anything outside of the will of God is serious. You see that? And so you have to be careful. So you got that husband at home. His heart is home with his wife. His soul is at home. In other words, he wants to be there. But he he's one of those people that have fallen into that trap of, but well, God has given me eyes. I'm not blind. But you know what? Just because God has given you eyes, that don't mean that your mind has to wander with those eyes. God gave you eyes to see what condition people are in, to pray for them, not for you to join into that little party that they got going on, you know, that lust party that they got going on see that. And so how many of you would be willing to be married to somebody? They're heart-blown to you, soul-blown to you, but they might wander off and want to be with other people. How I many of you want to be with somebody, their mind-blown to you, their soul-blown to you, but their heart is somewhere else? Or their heart-blown to you, and their mind-blown to you, but their soul is somewhere else. You see that? It takes these three things to complete, for you to be complete in the Lord is what he's saying. If you're heart-blown to God, if you're soul-blown to God, if you're mind-blown to them, the devil don't have room to get in and lead you astray. But if you are lacking in any of these areas, that's the reason why people can say, okay, I know God has called me to be a part of this ministry. And they'll be a part of whatever ministry, even if it's this one. And you can preach to them, preach to them, preach to them, preach to them, and no change is occurring. You know why? It only takes one area. You may know, okay, it's God's will for me to be a part of God's truth and deliver in ministry. And then you come here and you be a part, but you see, but your heart's not here. Your will is here. You know it's God's will and you don't mind being here. But if your heart's with God or your Mind's not with God or your soul's not with God. Any of these areas, if you're not completely sold out to God in, the devil will exploit it and he will lead it away. And listen, if the devil gets your heart, pretty soon he'll have your soul and mind. If he'll get your soul, pretty soon he'll have your heart and and mind. If he gets your mind, pretty soon he'll have your heart and soul. What happens when that individual wants to go out and play wants to go out and cheat on their spouse, just playing with eye candy there. It might start off in the mind. But what happens? Eventually, that person will just go on about their business. They're going to be fully committed somewhere. And what happens when a person is struggling with infidelity, you see that? It's a struggle. They can't figure out, I want to be with you, but I want to be over here too. Why? Because they are divided their heart somewhere, and their mind somewhere, and their soul is somewhere. You see that? They're divided, which is why they go back and forth, back and forth, and all of that. And God doesn't want you to be divided with him. You're going to either serve him with your whole and love him with your whole heart, with all your soul and with all your mind, or you're going to find yourself in a bad condition. You see that? You'll find yourself backslidden. and, and, And that is the deceiving part about this whole thing, if somebody can say, Oh, I love God with all my heart, but your soul and mind's not with him, and so you're divided and you're living a hypocritical lifestyle. That's what makes people accept sin in their life. You see that that's what makes people compromise because they're not all in like they think they are. They're they're thinking about one part of it. I got my mind stayed on God, you see. I'm wanting to be in his will. But see, if any of those things are lacking in any area, you're not completely sold out. The devil's going to know about it, and he is going to exploit it. It is impossible to live for God the way you're supposed to live for him if you are divided, if you got one foot out in the world, and that's where they come from, one foot out in the world and one foot in the church. Really, if you got one foot out in the world, you're in the world. Now, we just have to make that clear. You see that there's no uh, somebody that's lusting, lusting after somebody in their heart, they they you might as well be out sleeping with them. You and God guys, you've already done the act. You've already been there with them. You see that?
1: That
0: that's what makes pornography wrong. For some of you that try to defend that. That's what makes that wrong. Your mind is wandering with that mess and you think, Well, I'm I'm not gonna cheat on my wife, uh, my husband, this just enhances our marriage. Uh, that's one of the biggest lies the devil ever told. <laughs> you see that one of the biggest lies the devil ever told, you see. And so the Lord wants you to belong to him with all of you. When you stand before the, the minister and you say you're violent, you're not saying, look, preacher, I'll be with this woman Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. But I want to be somewhere else on the other days." Well, you're not in covenant with, with her man or with him or whatever, you see that. When you're married, it's with all of you. You see that? You're not carrying four or five last names because you're married to all these different people. You just want. You see that? And so, and that's for some of you women that think it's okay as well for you to hyphenate your name. When you you get none, we'll just say that since we're here. When you marry your husband, you drop your daddy's last name. You're no longer under his authority. And when I see a woman that's got a hyphenated last name, it lets me know she's not able to let go. I can guarantee you there are going to be some problems in that marriage because she she's holding on to to her father or her past life or whatever However, she wants to say. It. Even if she don't respect daddy, it lets you know she's not all the way committed in that marriage the way that she should be. And listen, you're not serving God with a hyphenated anything. And I'm talking spiritually. You ain't hyphenating. You, you belong to the devil when you were born. You see that? But when you come to God, you are born again. You see that? So you ain't, the Lord don't share anything with the devil. You see that? Not even space. You see? So God don't intend for you to serve two masters, and it is impossible. You see? So let's keep reading here, verse 38. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What does that mean? So many people are having issues with sin. So many people just feel like they can't stop sinning. You want me to tell you why you can't? Because you're falling short in one of these areas. You're not committed completely to God in either your soul or your mind or your heart or all three. You see that? That's why we read in the book of Romans about it talks about how people serve sin. You see that? As opposed to serving God. If you serve God, you're fully committed. It's like trying to have three full-time jobs. It's almost impossible. Any company that wants that's dealing with you, especially with that prestigious company, they want all of you. They don't want you. They don't want to have to work around somebody else's schedule. You know how they scheduling you. You see that? And so God is the same way. He's He's not working out a schedule with you. You know, so that you can go work over there too. You're gonna to serve Him with your whole heart. And in reality, that's the only way to serve God with your whole heart. My prayer is that you will take heed to this message. Love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and, and you watch how how your life is transformed. The transformation only takes place when you, when you love God with all of what's in you in all three of these areas. Amen. Thank you all for joining us today. We pray that something was said that has been a blessing to you. And we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you in the future. Have a blessed day.